Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. And how was the date? It was okay. Just okay. Please tell me you remembered to check the shoes. Huh? Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom. And I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So stick with me as we get into looking at some of the subconscious tales that we throw off and some of the things that we take for granted when dealing with our power, authority, and what we are portraying to the world. So stick with me as we get into Check the Shoes. I'll see you on the flip. It's going to be good. Check the shoes. Now, that's a statement, and I will say it is uh, usually a common statement said in the southern United States and by southern folk. (laughs) And it means usually when women are having a conversation about a particular man that they might be interested in or who's trying to court them. And it was uh, passed down that You could tell a lot about a man by the way he kept himself and namely his shoes. And so in my particular culture as um, a black um, female in the South, that was, you know, drawn into me. Check the shoes. And then you move up, you check the fingers, then you check the hair and all of those different things. But there is a lot that was subconsciously going on in this whole statement of check the shoes. And I am uh, wanting to share some wisdom smacks with you so we can look below uh, or underneath the surface of what's really going on with shoes and shoe work. So first, I want to talk about... um, I think I'm going to do it in a different order. I'm going to talk about symbolism for shoes today. Then we'll talk a little bit about, just a little bit about the history so we can set up the good wisdom smacks that we're going to follow up with and and why you need to check the shoes, even your own shoes. And I'm checking my shoes too. All right, so let's get into it. So if we look at the symbolism of uh, shoes, uh, shoes uh, have this uh, connotation of status and of power or authority. Because in ancient times, uh, a symbol of power was when one was able to afford 
to either make or have shoes made for them. And it was usually attributed to successful warriors or people who were of great means. And this is over like a 40,000 year history of us with shoes. Now, it didn't go to say that everybody had no shoes. That was not the case. It was just if you were to have shoes that were more than like a few uses and were more than just a few pieces of uh, animal hide tied together and some hay in the bottom, then this was a symbol of that. And as I'm talking about today, I'm talking about useful shoes. I'm not talking about uh, bless your hearts. I'm not, okay? And so the thing is, is that the symbolism for shoes has kind of like this double meaning. That's kind of weird. I'm going to talk about that a little bit if we get time. But it has come to symbolize either authority and power, you know, based on the status and the warrior stuff and all of that. But it's also, in some regards, come to uh, be known uh, as a symbol of humility and servitude. Now, depending on the context. So I just taught you a little bit about the authority and the power side where it denoted your station, uh, if you had the power to fight, and even uh, as a knight or a soldier, if you were skilled enough to have to go into battle with different terrains, uh, you know, elemental challenges to your feet, you needed to be outfitted with good shoes. And so that's another reason why the power, the authority and uh, the successful warrior was attributed to good shoes. And when I say good shoes, well-made shoes. But on the other side, the uh, humility and servitude. Now, if you will, imagine and it's not just religious, but imagine, uh, if you will, that there are no uh, asphalt or concrete paved roads. And so when people traveled, a lot of times they wore shoes and they would travel through nature. And nature is nasty when it comes to um Tre- trekking over uh, lands and muds and streams and ugh, all other different stuff that I don't want to talk about with regards to animal, you know, stuff, uh, remain not remains, but animal production and things that you might have to walk through. And so when you would come to someone's home, or especially when you're on some kind of pilgrimage, going to a central building, whether it be for a municipal civic uh, work with regards to a city, or a lot of times if it were for a uh, temple or a uh, place of uh, holy sanctioned worship, you would have to humble yourself by taking off your shoes and not trekking that crap into the place of peace and worship or even someone's home or, or the like. And to this day, that is a practice that is practiced by many, many traditions and peoples around the globe. You do not, I know in my house, you, you, mm, <laughs> so much so that I have a, a, a little return that has different sizes of slippers in them for when people want to come in my house. So anyway, um, Humbling yourself to take off your shoes uh, was gotten that way. But there was also another 
uh, aspect of that. And that is the physiological part that we have uh, all of our nerve endings end in our feet. That is why you can get a foot massage and it can do some things for you, honey. Because most of the points, whether you're doing um, point pressure or reflexology or any of those kind of things, you can usually... uh, find it or map it out on the soles of your feet. And when you were taking your shoes off and humbling yourself to come into somebody else's home who had authority over you because it's their home and you were uh, said to be revealing the most vulnerable side of you, which was the sole of your feet, where every part of you is exposed to the elements. Uh, And so that was another way of looking at shoes. So now, Let's talk about, well, who cares? Why are we talking about check the shoes? Well, for one, there is something that is a foot. And yes, I did mean that as a, as a pun, but <laughs> there is something afoot. There is something going on that I want to call attention to so that we can be aware. Because with wisdom, wisdom is all about the preventative and helping you to be aware of things before you need them. Helping you to see the different layers and go a little deeper just so that you can get your aha moments that stick out and make you Uh, be ever diligent to build your sense of observation, build your sense of being able to take the knowledge that you gain and use it in new effective ways for when new things happen. And because of that, when we're talking about check the shoes, we have moved way past uh, indication of a social status. And we are now into a realm of power and, um, I'm going to just say a political dynamics when we talk about check the shoes today. All right. So historically, over the 40,000 years of even before history through prehistoric on down to the dark ages and all of this kind of stuff, we came to understand that the shoe was one of the fastest ways to categorize someone. If they had them, if they didn't have them, if they had the standard issue for the masses or if they had the ornamental issue that designated you as a noble person or a person of uh, by station uh, as a fighter. And so it was a dead giveaway. And also the state of repair or disrepair of one's shoes offered a lot of information into the person's life, their station and their lifestyle. And so just just know this, that a lot of different countries and, and, and systems, you did not, if you usually, if you weren't, if you were an adult, because a lot of kids were running around without shoes, that's still today. But if you were an adult and you did not have shoes to wear, no matter what, that was usually indicative of you being a, and I hate to use this word, but a slave. And because they wanted to distinguish that you were the base class, the lowest class. And that meant that you were humbled below everyone else. The sole of your feet were exposed to whosoever will because you were the lowest of the low. And so I I can I know 
in, in my culture, and I don't speak for everybody, I just speak for the experience I have, that growing up, there was something about shoes. To this day, I have to break myself. I am not a person who loves to collect a lot of clothing. I used to be, but not anymore. But honey, let me see a, a, a pair of shoes that that just get me. And I'm like, oh, I'm lusting over them. And so there is something about that tie in through the generations of where we gravitate to shoes, uh, beautiful shoes. And it's <laughs> it's kind of like you can be feeling down. You put on a good pair of shoes that complement your feet and, you know, shape up your legs real good and you feel like you can do just about anything. That, getting your hair done and, you know, a little lipstick or something like that if you're a girl. You know, well, I'm not going to say if you're a girl. Whoever wears makeup, I'll say that, okay? So it has become that important that this is something that's ingrained in our psyche. And so many times we don't even take the time to, to realize that there is power plays going on. Uh, you're broadcasting at any given time the actuality of your shoes or the subconscious uh, effect that's at work on you when we talk about the shoe. So now that I've, I've given you a little bit of the, the symbolism and a little bit of the history, let's get into the, these wisdom smacks, okay? So I want to ask you a few questions, and that is, you know, do you take the time to work on your shoe game? And when I say work on your shoe game, I'm not talking about getting a whole bunch of shoes. I'm not talking about having the best shoes. No, what I'm actually talking about is do you have the right shoes for what it is you want to do in life? You see, shoes are also a way that help. They they are a way to help us with uh, more effective transportation. If you have a rough terrain to walk over, having the right type of shoes are are going to help you to move quickly through that terrain. And so looking at what it is that you want to do, I want to ask you, what check your shoes. What types of shoes are you trying to use to get your job done? Or better yet, have you even considered that you need to have the right types of shoes? I remember I was uh, going and looking at raw land to purchase years and years ago. And uh, my real estate agent and I, uh, he he met me and we walked through this open field. And I don't know why <laughs> I did not remember the common sense that my grandfather had taught me about walking through open fields where livestock and animals roam. But I walked through that field with uh, the wrong kind of shoes. And let's just say it. Um, I got... Yeah, I got chiggers. Uh, thank goodness. It could have been worse. It could have been ticks and there could have been some Lyme disease going on, but I was I was spared. But those chiggers, oh my God, they ate me up that summer. And I had to remember, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm wanting to move forward. I'm wanting to, you know, have real estate and land and this type of stuff. And I'm making rookie stupid mistakes by not even having the right gear to protect myself from myself. To being too aggressive, trying to move too fast and being ill-prepared so that I could possibly take myself out of the race before I even get to the starting line. And so that was a wake-up call for me way back then. And I'm going to tell you, honey, to this day, you will not catch me slipping. I used to uh, have a pair of uh, 
Eastlands and Timberlands that I always kept in the trunk of my car with some long crew socks for when I would go trekking about in um, not only open fields, but when I would go and look at houses that I might have tried to renovate here or there, you know, in my past. I don't have the, I don't have the, um, the patience for that now, y'all. But I used to have those things because I wanted to be prepared. And it was funny because I remember having one of those milk crates and the shoes would be in there, the socks would be in there, the flashlight and some other things, um, a little metal like retractable stick and stuff like that, that I would keep in that. But that came after I had bought that lesson of you shall not go any further with the wrong shoes on. Another case in point that I still have right now, I always keep a pair of uh, walk-run shoes with some socks that won't chafe my feet in my car as well. For the same thing, learning that when I'm out and about, if I want to do a lot of walking, I need to be prepared and have the shoes that will help me to do that. Because I don't care how psyched you are, how ready you think you are, are all the doors that might be opening for you. If you don't have the right shoes, you're going to be debilitated. You are not going to be able to be successful because there is nothing like trying to concentrate and be at your best when you're in pain because the soles of your feet are either burning, uh, irritated, uh, inflamed, cramped, any number of things, and not even the soles of your feet. Let's talk about the toes and the heel and the shins and the arches and all that kind of stuff. And so it's, I know I'm I'm almost beating this to a pulp, but I really kind of want to get this down in below the surface so that you can understand how powerful this simple concept of checking your shoes for what it is you want to do is going to be valuable to you and is going to take you from knowledge and um, wanting to do something to actually doing it. So we're not even finished with that. I want to even ask you, I want to ask you, do you even own shoes? Do you have access to the shoes that are required for the job? Too many times we get these bright ideas or we see somebody else doing something and we want to do it. And so what do we do? We go and we tell ourselves, oh, I'm going to do this. And we go and get started and we're not prepared. And thus we get put out of the game because we don't have the right shoes for the job or we have no shoes. And thus we can't even enter the race. And that leads me to this big this big thing that I wanted to make sure that if I couldn't say anything else, I'm, I want to make sure I say this. And that is, if you have your shoes, do you own them? And what I mean is, in today's world, when you look at it in regards to a metaphor of a shoe, a lot of times we are someone else's shoes. All of us, not just your physical feet, but we are acting as somebody else's shoes to fulfill their dreams, to run their race, to transverse the environment of their desires. And a lot of that has to do with, and when I was talking about this the other day, uh, on another podcast of, uh, this is, I, I, let me make sure I say the title right, but you can just look at it. I don't remember the title of the, the 
podcast number, but it was called This Is Why You Make What You Do. And so um, I talked about the difference of understanding labor and earnings. And if you are a laborer, you this is why you make what you do. And I'm going to tell you now, check your shoes, because if there are certain aspects of life that you want to enjoy, I hate to say it, but I want to let you know that you won't be able to have those things working as somebody else's shoes. Now, I'm not saying that you need to quit your job and go and try to be an entrepreneur or a business person. That's not the message here. What the message is, is that when you start realizing my shoes don't match what it is I'm trying to do, you start to do better. And thus, the stuff that you do on the side and for yourself, you become more savvy. You make better decisions, wise decisions, because you get prepared to use the right tools to get the job done. And there's just something, there's, there's just really something to me about ornamental kind of stuff. I like pretty. Oh, yes, I do. I love pretty. I love ornamental stuff. And to me, it has a it has a time, it has a place in everything that we do, but it can't be all of what we do. There are too many times that if you're looking at the energy you're putting in something, you're doing the ornamental. And when I talk about the ornamental, I'm talking about, so say for instance, uh, <laughs> I dated this guy one time and I'm telling my business here, but I dated this guy one time. And he was really into swords, Japanese steel swords. And I was impressed, you know, because I didn't know anything about swords, but nosy as I am. And because he was so busy bragging about how much he paid for them, where he got this one and that one. I went and I started doing some studying because I wanted to, you know, be able to have conversation with him over his hobby. You know how we do when we when we're young and impressionable. And I quickly found out that he was being duped because he was buying ornamental swords that were so priced up. They were hyped up because they were just made to look pretty and to fool Westerners into thinking that they were really something when they were not. When if in real battle, they wouldn't hold muster. Uh, from the get-go. And it kind of took the the luster off of uh, his presentation to me because he was so into that surface that I was like, you're spending all this money and you haven't done the research to look at the authenticity and the authority of what it is you're purchasing. And so that was one of the big wisdom smacks. You know, after I went back through, because y'all know, I went back through and read the history of shoes from different accounts. I looked at pictures of shoes. I wanted to make sure that I understood because wisdom has been dealing with me with shoes. And so when I went back and started looking at this ornamental stuff of shoes uh, and how wisdom was giving it to me to help me and then and I hope to help you, I realized some things that first of all, ornamental is simply for the aesthetic, for the show, for the beauty, for the visceral appeal of when you see it immediately, you're like, oh, it gets a unprovoked, unthought of response from you. But that's all it is because it is, it cannot stand up to, uh, uh, rigorous scrutiny. It cannot uh, perform in the way that something that's made to do the job can. 
and get this. It also cannot, as and I'm talking about this ornamental stuff of what we do, it cannot generate any power outside of the power that it receives from people gazing upon it from afar. And that got me to thinking, I was like, oh my gosh. And so I and you, I hope that you agree with this. If you don't, it's okay. I have to walk this line of understanding that I cannot ever confuse the practicality and the functionality with the appeal and the aspiration of something. You know, there are a lot of uh, self-help podcasts out here and we try to do what we can with the passions that we have. And I would hope that we are leaving you better than we found you each day, you know? But one thing that I always find that I have to do is look and see, am I am I getting too, too woo-woo, too, too up there? Even yesterday's podcast, I was talking all about how to fall, how to get grounded, how to land instead of crash, how not to be so flighty and staying all up in the air because we have to have a harmony between our heights and our, our depths. And we have to understand how to transverse all of the space between. And with this checking your shoes is no different. You see, don't be that person who, and my grandmother used to talk about this. She was like, don't be that person that's just glad you got $50 and going to go try to get uh, as many shoes that look pretty as you can uh, from some of the lesser stores. I'm not going to name any of them because she surely did name them at the time. She said, instead of doing that and possibly ruining your feet for the rest of your life, take that money and invest in a good pair of shoes that are going to, uh, stick with you and give you good support. And then, uh, use that support of those shoes to make a little money to buy a little cute here and there that you're only going to wear for a few hours. She said, because it's it's not worth it getting varicose veins, fallen arches, and shin splints trying to look cute with cheap shoes. And it came back to me all rushing in. And I was like, oh my gosh, too many of us, we have not checked our shoes. And we don't need, this is a thing. Not only do we not even own the shoes for the game or the race we're trying to run, we're confusing the aspiration of the pretty shoe or the ornamental shoe with authority or or uh, authorizational power. And they just do not equate. I don't care how many pretty pairs of shoes you have, that does not make you a powerhouse in an industry that requires you have the right types of shoes to do the job. It just doesn't. And I thought it was kind of weird, funny, when I was doing this history lesson that um, the heels, H-E-E-L-S, heels were usually uh, where men wore them a lot of times when they first came into vogue um, in the, the, in the Enlightenment, you know, so like from the late 1400s, all the way through up to um, around the late 1700s, you had a lot of men wearing heels. And Louis, the sun king of Paris or France, uh, was the one who popularized these shoes. Now, of course, they tried to tell us that they wore them so that when they got into the saddle to 
uh, gallop on their horses. It helped them, but that was eh, that was that was a PR job. It was really so that they could have stature, and I'm talking about an actual height over each other. And they even talked about the uh, weird heights of these platform hills that these men would wear so that they would like walk through puddles and never get anything dirty because they're standing on 10 inch heels in some cases. I was like, that is crazy. But anyway, um, so they were, uh, doing a lot. They were doing the most. They were doing all this ornamental stuff. It was for show. And if you looked at it, yeah, they had some power, but not power to do what they should have been doing. Because on the other side of this, you had people wearing dark leather with some buckles that was going to support their feet so that they could do a good day's work all day long and do what they needed to and not have all of the foot issues that these other folks with these ornamental shoes were having. And so it comes down to this. Let's let's just make it plain. It comes down to when we're talking about checking your shoes and not getting tied up with the ornamental and the aspiration with no power and stuff. It comes down to kind of like a false emperor. You know, you, you're so busy trying to be uh, in your finery that your shoes have no power. And it's kind of like you're parading around with nothing on. And you don't even own the streets that you're walking on. It's it's sad in some cases because a lot of people, all of their wealth, if you will, are in these, these false uh, depictions of power. Because let's face it, shoes are authority and power. They also can be humility and servitude. But you have to realize in what context you're in. And for most of us, trying to live a life of uh, of having a good life, having livelihood, and being able to be self-sustainable, we have to make sure that we have the right tools to do the job, including the right shoes. And so in my last few minutes that I have with you, I just want to kind of like do uh, a quick little uh, recap of what we're saying and to help you maybe consider this. And that is, I want to just say that when we talk about check your shoes, it's not just about what you're broadcasting unbeknownst to others. It's about going a little deeper and seeing where you really are. I'm all about the diagnostic tools these days. And that's what I've been sharing with you um, in different ways. And so to check your shoes, that kind of means you look and see, do I have the right shoes to do what I'm aspiring to do? Do I even own shoes? Meaning, do I have shoes to do what I want? As well as, are these quote-unquote shoes I'm using, aka labor, every day, helping to build somebody else's dreams? And if they are, that's fine. But if you have dreams that you want, you have to be aware of uh, what it takes to, to get them. And a lot of times, it's going to be, you guessed it, with the kind of um, tools you use to get uh, to doing what you need to. And so looking at that, 
And then checking to make sure that you're not getting uh, excited about the pretty and um, the the high pie in the sky aspirational dreams that have no kinds of uh, way of ever coming to pass. And you think that you have this false power uh, and of uh, the pretty and that if I look good, everything falls into place. And that's not the case. And so I just kind of want to just say it is really time for you to do a diagnostic to get grounded to make sure that what you say you want what your heart wants and what you're doing and what you have to do that meaning the tools that they all line up so that you don't set yourself up for failure you don't set yourself up for remorse when you are rejection not rejection but um yeah remorse uh when you look back on uh what it was that you had to work with at the time. And so I hope that this has been helpful to you because guess what? Yep, my time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spivey, your practical priestess of wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. So don't forget, check your shoes. Make sure you got what it takes to do what it is you want. Don't get duped out here in these streets. And I'm going to see you tomorrow. Don't forget to check the show notes. And until later, bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, Uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.